Well, good morning, church family. It is uh, fantastic to be with you today. I'm uh, thrilled to be able to have this uh, wonderful day to celebrate and remember what God has done. I know that um, Phil shared with you guys uh, that today is going to be a little different and that um, we're going to have an open time of testifying and, and sharing. So in order to give you guys time to do that at the end of uh, this service today, I want to try to preach quick and make my time up here short. So let me start out with uh, a quick little story about American history, okay? So um, back in the 1700s, the American government was uh, newly formed, you know, right after the Revolutionary War. Uh, by the time you get to the late 1780s, um, this newly formed Congress was really uh, debating a couple of really hot topics and major issues. Issue number one was where would the capital of the United States be located? Um, some wanted it in the, the north near New York where George Washington was from. Others wanted it in the south so the southern states could be more engaged. Um, that was the first big issue being debated. The second uh, issue being debated at that time was how, how is the country going to um, you know, finance things and pay off debt, especially debt from the war. And so some wanted to establish one national bank to deal with the national debts. Others wanted each state to assume its own debt and not, you know, centralize the government too much. So that was the second big issue being debated. Well, Congress basically uh, came to this spot where they were at loggerheads. They were gridlocked with one another. They couldn't get anywhere on these issues until 1790 when Thomas Jefferson opened his home and in his dining room met with two other men. James Madison came caring for the South and issues pertaining to small government. Alexander Hamilton came caring for the North and issues more focused on large government. And at that dinner meeting, Thomas Jefferson was able to broker this compromise. And Madison agrees that the South won't block the idea of national banks. And Hamilton agrees that the North will support the capital kind of moving toward the Southern states. And this became known as the compromise of 1790. Aren't you so glad you came to history class today? All right. Now, no one really knows exactly what was said at that dinner table, but one thing we all know is that it changed things. And many historians have said that they would what? They would have loved to be in the room that day. Okay. Now, that is why in 2015, the Broadway musical that many of us love called Hamilton was put out and on it is a popular track called what? The Room Where It Happened. Remember this song? Anybody fans of Hamilton? Hands up. Don't be, don't be shy. All right? So you guys are with me. Sing it with me. I want to be in the, in the room. I just actually do this to see if anybody will sing. All right? And you guys do it every time, so I love that. Okay? Um, so you guys sound good, though. Uh, well, anyways, as, as we're talking about being in the room where it happens. All right? And so... Today we're going to reflect on the goodness of God, his presence being in this room when his presence was shown in special ways, and we were in the room when it happened. And so as Phil mentioned today, I'm not going to really preach today. I'm just going to share one devotional thought, um, um, one quick topic, and then open up the floor to you all. So as I was thinking and praying about this being our last Sunday worshiping in here, I was just praying last night, like, Lord, what do you want me to share? And this particular phrase kept coming to mind. It comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verse 16, where Jacob had this dream with the Lord, and then it says in Genesis 28, 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And so with that statement in mind, what we're going to do today is we're going to reflect on times of experiencing God's presence in this place. 
times when we just know that he was at work, when it was obvious that he was doing something special. We want to talk about the times when we were, quote unquote, in the room when it happened, right? So today, um, let's reflect on God's presence in this place. And even even when I um, talk about God's presence, I think it's important to clarify some things because um, as we study the breadth of Scripture, we, we really come to understand three aspects of God's presence. First, we understand that one of His attributes is that God is omnipresent, meaning He's everywhere at once. It's why the psalmist would write in Psalm 139 saying, you know, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I free, flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. In other words, God is everywhere at all times. It's, that's a true attribute of God, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you recognize it or not. Uh, one of the things we see through Scripture's teaching is that God is omnipresent. That's the first aspect of His presence. Well, then the second aspect of His presence is His personal presence. It's, it's His Holy Spirit living within uh, the heart of the believer. And so it's what the Apostle Paul means when he's talking, uh, writing in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, and he says this, uh, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit living within you, whom you have from God? It's what Paul means when he writes Galatians chapter 5, and he, he talks about how we are to live in step with the Holy Spirit, sensing his leading, avoiding the, the things of the flesh. This personal presence of the Holy Spirit is, is what we experience when we live, uh, when we are saved and we become indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And then uh, as we go and we experience God's work in our lives, sometimes we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So in that sense, yes, God's presence is uh, always there. He's omnipresent, but um, we experience it in a special way when we're saved and we can become indwelt. We experience His personal presence. Well, then there's a third aspect of God's presence uh, described in Scripture, and that's what um, theologians and preachers in the past have called His manifest presence. It's when His Holy Spirit shows up in an unmistakably unique way. It's the, it's the type of showing up that, that we read about when we, when we think about Daniel chapter 3 and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being in the fiery furnace, and King Nebuchadnezzar looks down and says, hey, I see a fourth person in the furnace. It's, it's what we're talking about when Moses uh, experiences God's presence in the burning bush, and then he is told to take off his sandals for the place he was standing is holy ground, right? That's God's manifest presence. It's his presence in a unique way. It's, it's the same thing that I just read from Genesis 18, where Jacob had this dream. He awoke, and in that moment, he recognized, surely the Lord is in this place, in that sense, God's presence is experienced in unmistakable ways. It can be experienced personally, as we just described here. It can be experienced in a group. It can be experienced in corporately in a large group of people. But sometimes God just shows up, you know, and you know he's powerfully at work. And so today we're reflecting on God's manifest presence in this sanctuary, in this place, and in Scripture, here's the thing. As I started thinking about God showing up in a room, I just kind of did a, a, just a quick review of Scripture, you know, last night. We remember times like in Exodus chapter 40 when God's glory filled the tabernacle of the Israelites and, and a cloud settled upon it. And God's presence was with them in a manifest way. Second Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Chronicles chapter 5, when uh, Solomon had built the temple, prayed over it, and after he prayed, the, the presence of God fills the temple, fire comes down, and the people fall on their faces and they worship God. 
God's presence becomes manifest in special ways. Nothing more precious than when the presence of God came through the person of Jesus Christ. And he tabernacled among us. He, he dwelt among us, as John chapter 1 talks about. How about Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind to the believers as they were waiting in that room in Jerusalem right before Pentecost? How about Acts chapter 4, when the believers were praying and the place where they were pray, playing, uh, praying, it was shaken, and then they were able to be filled with the Holy Spirit and go out and witness boldly of Jesus Christ, right? In those particular passages, the manifest presence of God came to a particular place, a particular room, and it worked in an unmistakable way. So I don't know about you, but when I read about those things, there's this part of me that thinks like, man, I wish I could have been in the room when it happened. And, so, and then other times I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to be in the room when it happened because sometimes people experience the holy presence of God and it's like they just want to drop dead, you know? It's like, whoa, the glory, the power of God. But sometimes God shows up in a manifest way. His presence is manifest and we, like Jacob, can say, you know what? Surely the Lord was in this place. University Baptist Church was started in 1967. The church bought its first property over on Grange Hall Road in 1968. In the 1970s and 1980s, there were a couple different building programs that went over to expand the place of ministry there on the Grange Hall location. But in 1993, um, the Lord brought UBC from Grange Hall over to this location where we are seated right now uh, on the corner of Haynes and Kemp. This room that um, I'm preaching out of and you're sitting in and some of you are watching on the live stream, this room used to be the sanctuary for a different church called University Church of God. And that church started to go through some difficult times. They weren't able to financially keep up with the costs of maintaining the property here. At the same time, University Baptist Church was meeting over on Grange Hall Road and was experiencing wonderful growth and needed to expand uh, into a new, a new meeting place. Well, by God's sovereignty and in His perfect plan, right back this way is a house that's right across the street from the fire department, and the pastor of University Baptist Church lived at that house, ended up making friends with the pastor of University Church of God here. And over the course of time, if you've maybe already heard the story, maybe you haven't, the two pastors talked with their congregations and eventually, uh, over time, they agreed to swap church locations. So, surely the Lord was in this place. He brought us here. He was showing up. And since 1993, He has been showing up in this location over and over and over again. So, I wanted to just remind us of that today, and here's what I'd like to do as we get ready to share. Um, I'm just going to share a few memories of my own, remembering God's work in my heart in this place, and then I'm going to invite Andy Williams in just a moment to come and, and kick off our time of congregational sharing, and then after he's done, Phil's going to open up the microphone to whoever would like to come up and, and share and remember a, a time when you remember a special work of God occurring in this place. And then after we go through our time of sharing... What we're going to do after that is we're actually going to all get up out of our seats and we're all going to walk over to the new auditorium and we're going to have a time of prayer where we commit that space to the Lord as well. So let me just start out by sharing a few of my, my own memories, um, a few of my own times when I was in the room where it happened and God met with me in a special way in this place. 
Um, I won't mention things like the day Caleb O'Neill flooded the baptistry and all the water poured out into the church sanctuary floor. Won't mention that at all. I won't mention things like, uh, remember Shane Hawkins and his wonderful song about moving to three services in the sanctuary? It's 8.30 if you like it early. Remember? Okay. Some of you remember that. It's 11 if you want to go to heaven, something like that. Okay, um, I'm all about the songs today. I got to get over that. Uh, I won't mention things like our uh, three-hour members meeting in this room where we were debating the wording of a motion, okay? I won't mention the time the pipes burst and uh, right on Christmas Eve, right before our Christmas Day services. I won't mention those at all. Obviously, none of those were times of God's manifest presence, okay? Um, but I will mention... Uh, some, of the, some of the following moments when um, God really moved um, in a special way. You know, it was September of 2017 when I preached my first sermon in this sanctuary. Um, I wasn't a candidate for pastor at that time. The church just needed somebody to fill the pulpit that day. And I came and I preached. And I remember sitting right down there where you are, Tom, in those chairs and listening to the singing Right before I preached, I remember having this thought like, Lord, are you calling me here? Are you going to work out something for me to come here? And I had no idea how the events would unfold, and God in his plan saw fit to bring me here, and I'm so thankful. Um, I remember the Easter service of 2018, my first Easter service here. Uh, we had the little baptism tub set up right there on the side of the stage, and I got to baptize my oldest daughter, Reagan, the first of my children to get baptized. I remember that especially because... Our water heater didn't work that day, and it was ice cold. Uh, guys, it was in May of 2019 when we gathered in here for our quick services before going right out into the community to serve people who had been affected by the tornado. It was in March of 2020 when we started to have our live stream services in here because of COVID. And I remember the very first live stream we had to try to slap together. We just set up like a table over here and we took somebody's like cell phone and just iPhone and flipped it around and just recorded it and live streamed it like Facebook Live or something. And, uh, you know, those are sweet times to me because as a pastor, here's what I remember thinking. I had thoughts like, Lord, what's going to happen with COVID? Are church gatherings as we know them done? Is anybody going to want to come and be baptized among the community of believers. And then some of you who are in this room today were some of those very same people who came and got baptized uh, with nobody here in the room except for a handful of people. And yet our church family celebrating it together uh, around uh, via live stream. You know, those are sweet memories to me. I remember in the fall of 2021, we were getting ready to kick off our Make Him Known initiative. And in this room, we had our advanced commitment event where we brought the leaders of our church together and asked them to make commitments toward the Make Him Known initiative. And, and then we had our commitment Sunday in this room as a church. And honestly, I remember thinking like, oh, Lord, I'm so nervous. Is anybody even going to commit to this thing? And, uh, and by God's grace, he just put it on your hearts to respond in such a, a wonderful way. Even this past Christmas, December of 2022, you know, that's... It's the first time that I can remember being in ministry where Christmas fell on a Sunday. I'm sure it's happened but before, but that's the first one that I really remember. And I just, it was such a special Sunday for me and for my family, remembering truly what Christmas was all about that day. So all that to say, like Jacob, I can reflect on the timeline of, of my short five years here as a, a pastor, and I, can, and I can look at you today like Jacob and say, surely the Lord is in this place. 
And I am so glad that I have been in this room when his manifest presence happened. So at this point, I'd like to invite Andy Williams to just come to the mic. And Andy has been here since the beginning of the church in 1967. He's going to share a couple memories, and then we'll open the floor to the rest of you. Hey, uh, Andy Williams, not the singer. And you old people remember that. But uh, yeah, I was 14 when the church was founded, and uh, I believe there's just three people left. Myself, Olita Johnson, and uh, Ezra Wilson. So uh, we're the last ones. Anyway, uh, they gave me time to talk about special times here, and uh, I'm going to try to keep it quick. Uh, after we... Uh, came into this building, we needed more space. And so we decided, uh, the pastor that we had at that time, his name was Jim Dickey, uh, he said, we need more space. And so we walked out the double doors. Everybody circled up. There were about 100 people. And we said, okay, we're going to build this building. So 25 years ago, we built that building. And the Buckeye Baptist builders, we had to have all the concrete done. They came in and they got it up. And they got it bricked in about four weeks. So it was just a miracle that all of us were able to work over there and to work on it. And I'm going to have to stick something else in here. I'm sorry. Uh, about three days before they were coming to build it, Estelle Johnson, I mean, one of, the, one of our greatest people that ever was here, uh, Estelle figured out that one of the footers was in the wrong place. So he called everybody in the church and said, hey, get up here, bring your cars, and park your cars so you can shine the lights where we can dig the ditch. And the next day, got that footer poured where it was supposed to be. And then two days later, they came in, and they're putting in the blocks. When we started building the building, we're walking through the mud, and we're filling in all of the cinder blocks, all of the concrete blocks. And then we get to the one row, and this one guy, Dan Doyle, goes, wow, it's nice that we've got this wonderful sidewalk to walk through there. Estelle Johnson says, that's a very expensive sidewalk. <laughs> so anyway, when that building was built, uh, Jim Dickey sent two people, uh, Lawrence Stidham and uh, Paul Isaacs, down to Tennessee to go to Upward Basketball, to understand how to do Upward Basketball with a sports ministry. They went down there, they came back, and we started Upward Basketball here in the gym. Now, how many of you have been in the gym, everybody? How big is it? It's 48 by 48. We ran two basketball games at the same time. We were flooded with people. We, from that 100 people, when we got that, when we built this over here, we rose up to, under Jim... Dickey's ministry, we rose up to over 500, and we were having three services, much like Jason's having to go through. Uh, anyway, uh, Upward Basketball, the thing is that it's a ministry, and it's a training ministry for little kids to learn how to play basketball. But during every basketball game at halftime, there would be a person who would go do a devotion for these people. And you've got 80, 100 people back there that are here in the ministry at halftime. The kids 
had to had a practice each week. And at every practice, in the middle of the practice, the coach would stop and do a devotion for all the kids. So there was ministry going on, and just hundreds and hundreds of kids have been in here, been through that, and many of them, their families would join the church, and now they're all grown. You know, I'm, I'm old now. But uh, we did that for 13 years, and it was just uh, such a blessing to be able to see all these people come in and for all the ministry to be done and lives to be changed. Now, how many people have heard of Vacation Bible School? Okay, in our Vacation Bible Schools, it was, it was wonderful. I say it's planes, trains, and automobiles. We built a plane that we hung up here over top the sanctuary. And people came in and sat down. And then when the pastor got up and said, oh, I guess you can recognize Vacation Bible School due to the airplane. And they looked up and everybody moved out from underneath the airplane. <laughs> anyway, you know, Vacation Bible School was something that uh, each year the ministry director, the children's minister, she would say, okay, can you build this? Can you build a train? Can you build a, a train station? And I built a train. And it wouldn't fit through the door. I had to take it apart and bring it in and put it back together. But then I learned to do it in sections. So anyway, Vacation Bible School was something that we did. And, and all, the, all the people worked so hard to get it all done. And the thing is that everybody pitched in whatever needed to be done. Folks came up. And there were, there were some very lean times in the church. I mean, we flourished and had massive congregation and people. And there were times that it got down to 30, 40 people in the sanctuary. And so we're just so thankful that as we've progressed through here, we've grown more and more. And Estelle Johnson, who put the last four or five bays of the parking out there that wasn't used for a long time. And when Jason came, guess what? It's filling up. It's full. So praise the Lord. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I've, uh, oh gosh, I stayed up all night thinking of what, what can I say? All I can say is the Lord is in this place. Thank you, Andy. Uh, we want to open this up to you as well. For those of you maybe who have, uh, whether you've been here just a couple months or maybe you've been here for you know, a couple decades, whatever that might look like. We want to open this up to you and just kind of take a second to share if there's been anything significant that has happened for you uh, during services or events or during things that have that have happened here uh, in this building. Again, as a way to kind of remember what the Lord has done in this space. So we want to open this up to you. Everybody's afraid to be the awkward first one. Andy already broke the ice for us. So uh, now you can come freely. So right now it's open to you. Come and share. Fulton. I'm the uh, Sparks Director for the Awana program we have here um, throughout the school year for Awana. And um, I've been a member here since 2019. And I worked with the Awana program in various churches for approximately 26 years. Um, and 
I love the Iwana program. <laughs> it is awesome. Uh, right now, we manage 50 kindergarten, first, and second graders. And during large group time, we use this room to tell a Bible story, sing songs, and just praise God as we worship in his word. And I love these children. They are so passionate about memorizing God's word and leading these kids has kept me honest to his word. I am so thankful that Awana is there for leaders as well as kids. It helps us to um, lead in a way that just honors God and raises kids in the admonition of his word. And I love that it forces me when I don't even, when I don't feel like it, I have to get in his word every week to study it so that I can have a message to bring to the kids each week. And I love seeing the excitement on their faces in these seats. They sit right here in the center section as I stand right there every Sunday night. And they sing their hearts out to God. And they just, they are so passionate about answering the questions for the lesson times. And my favorite moment was just a couple of months ago, one of my Sparkies came up to me before we started our worship time. And she told me just how happy she was that she asked Christ to be her savior talking to her mom and dad that week and that doesn't happen very often I know kids talk with their parents at home and get saved and they talk to the baptism team and they get baptized and I get so excited when I see the sparkies getting baptized but I don't always get you know the news straight from them or even from their parents that they've accepted Christ but to have her come to me and be so excited about finally being in the family of God it just it just makes it all so worth it and I'm thankful for the space we can use to reach out to these kids. And I encourage you, if you have a heart for children, please, we, we always need volunteers. And um, next year, you can just talk to Dave Kaufman, talk to me. <laughs> um, we would be happy to incorporate you into the Awana Club. It is just such a blessing to work with these children. I just I ask you, beg you, pray for them, pray for me, pray for all the leaders as we serve and raise up the next generation in our church. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Brianne. I am married to my husband, Miles. We are, he's military, so we've only been here about a year and a half. Um, but the churches that we've always been a part of have funnily gone through major construction projects. <laughs> every duty station we've had, um, every church home we've been a part of has gone through a major construction project, an expansion, a growth. Um, and so naturally, this one um, did as well. And I just, looking back in the seasons of those times, I can see the way that God has moved in me and my family and my husband and the growth um, that he has done since we've been in this building has just been... Um, Incredible, the way that he has continued again and again to surround us with amazing people who bring us closer to him in so many ways has, um, it's just such a testimony to his faithfulness 
that we don't fear moving to a new base. We don't fear the next step or the next season anymore because we've seen it again and again, good and bad seasons. You know, we've lost our moms, both of us, in five-year span. You know, we've, we've moved again and, and walked through those challenges. We have two children. Um, and so now while we're in the season of we're adopting and, and we're both going to school and life is hard, but right now it's good, I'm not afraid of this bad things to come because again and again we see his faithfulness and we see him like walking us through those things that um, he's there and he's working and it's all for purpose and to see us changed and moved right alongside our churches that we're a part of um, I just want to say that like I've seen that here in this building and I'm excited to see it in that building um, for what's to come My husband Andrew and I have been here for almost 12 years. The military brought us here. Um, and we have, we've grown so much in Christ through this church, um, through two pastors, through the amazing people that God has brought into our lives. We've attended growth groups. We've hosted growth groups. Um, we've served kind of all over the church and me getting up here to talk um, is the power of Christ because I don't talk in front of people. <laughs> um, our two girls are teenagers now. We were one of those families that um, the first time we stepped foot in UBC was for Upward for cheerleading for um, this one who is now turning 18. Um, my husband and I were baptized here and both of our girls were baptized here. This church means a lot to us, and we are so, so excited to be moving into the new building, um, but lots of memories here, too, so I think Tess wants to say something. I stepped foot here when I was about my first grade year, and it just means a lot to us. We've been here for a long time. Um, I love, I've made so many friends here over the years, and one of my special moments was when I was in my eighth grade year, and I had a big surgery, and Pastor Jason came and said a prayer for me, and just everyone was there for us when we were needed it the most. It's a privilege to be able to hear some of those things again, because it just reminds us the Lord's been at work. He's been doing some awesome stuff here. When I think about uh, memories for me, there's a whole bunch for me, but one of the ones that stands out is nowhere near as like sweet and heartfelt as what you have heard. Uh, I've been so I've been doing ministry stuff for about 22 or 23 years. Been preaching sermons all along that time, and during the couple months where COVID hit and we were doing live stream services only, I had to preach one of the services. Um, and we were just basically standing up here with a camera there and there was like nobody in the room except for the tech people who are making it happen, you know? And so I'm, I step up to go preach the sermon and right as I get ready to start the sermon, our old youth pastor, Shane Hawkins, comes barreling out of this office over here in the corner wearing like American flag pants and a cutoff shirt and a headband 
and he's screaming this big like promo commercial thing for this event that we were gonna do as a way to like help our church, you know, kind of be unified a little bit during this time where we're all apart. And I had just stepped up to start this sermon and he comes screaming out, who's ready for the isolation games? You know, doing it all like that. And uh, you know, all I thought was like, I mean, there's a, they, I think Phil, who's back there running the camera, actually made a gif of my facial reaction when that happened because I instantly had no clue. What, what was I going to preach about? What was the sermon again? What's happening? You know, uh, it, I, for some reason, like I was thinking through that and I was like, that was such a weird thing to be preaching during COVID with nobody in the room. And then when that guy comes bursting out of the door over there, what an interesting experience. But I've had a lot of other, uh, I've had a lot of other ones too, but needless to say, there's, the Lord's done a lot of special things in this church family. It's part of the reason why a lot of us are here is just, he's been doing a lot of special things. And so we do want to uh, just kind of recognize that, honor that, celebrate that, say thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Uh, and at the same time, we look forward and saying, God, you have been leading for a long time through many different seasons and phases, and we're excited for where you're leading us now, too. And so, as we have said many times, we are not saved by buildings. Ministry doesn't happen just because there's buildings, but a lot of times, buildings sometimes uh, the Lord does special things within them. And so we're excited for the special things that he has planned uh, for our future down there. And so because of that, we're going to end our time here together by inviting you to just walk down the hall and just spend some time praying down there. Um, some of you will want to just walk around and, and kind of tour and take a look at the place. Our encouragement is take your first few minutes just to pray. Then feel free to walk around and look around however you want. Uh, but for these first few minutes, let's go down there and pray together. And that you can pray individually, you can get together in a small group of uh, friends or whatever, and you can pray however you want. There's not going to be anybody leading it from the stage or anything like that. It's just a time for us to say, God, this is your thing, and we want you to do something awesome here. So we're going to invite you guys all to just stand right up and head right down there and do that. If you have kids in the kids' classes, I just want to encourage you to be respectful of their time. In about five minutes, you need to go pick up your kids or else they're going to be part of next services classes. Uh, but right now, feel free to head on down there. And then we'll see you next week at what times? 9 and 1045. That's right. All right.